Jesus Thank you and welcome to the For We Are Many podcast. I am your host and comrade Rob, and uh, this is the current event stream for the 31st of May. Happy Memorial Day, everyone. Or I don't know if happy is the right word. Don, no. we've had this discussion before. Happy isn't the right word, but it 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 is. It is though. I I like to believe that, you know, my buddies would probably be grilling and partying and drinking and all that this weekend anyway. So I, I believe that that's what they would want us to do. I think they would want us to be happy. Um, for anybody that missed my introduction, uh, hello and welcome. Um, ladies, gentlemen, and all my non-binary comrades in the comments. Um, my name is Don Hughes. Uh, Normally I do like good news and stuff, but today I only have I, I only have a couple of things. I've got a couple of numbers for you. Um, the first one is going to be a number that was given by President Biden today. That number is seven thousand and thirty-six. Is how many American service members as of today? Um, Five thirty-one twenty-one. Uh, it's how many we've lost in the global war on terror. That sounds like a big number, but that is a relatively small number in comparison to the next one. Um, I couldn't find an actual number on this because it's very, it's very hard to get these kinds of lists. Um, but it is estimated somewhere over 114,000. American service members have committed suicide since 2001. Um, according to my math, my quick back of the uh, back of the receipt math that I did before the beginning of this podcast, um, that number is actually closer to 157,322 if it was kept at a steady rate of 22 per day from 2001 until today. Um, wanted to do like a reading of the names and everything, but a uh, few people did that today on live streams and it took eight hours and we don't have that kind of time tonight. So James, Robert, hello. I'm going to be, I'm going to be pretty honest that we don't have, a whole lot organized for tonight but um that being said there's been quite a bit that's happened in the last week and that's that's a little that's part of the reason um that we aren't as organized as we usually would be that and i mean i work in the restaurant industry and it's a holiday weekend 
So, yeah. <laughs> and, and then in, instead of doing it this morning, honestly, I, I spent, I spent some time, you know, not, not working. <laughs> uh, it was much, That's fair. much needed time in the sun. I say as you know, I'm in Arizona, but it was a little cooler up north. <laughs> but um, it wasn't that bad today. It was uh, it was nice. I enjoyed it. So if you guys haven't uh, haven't uh, been tuning in on Thursdays, I want to give you a little bit of a overview, I guess, um, as to what we've been doing. And uh, we're reading the Bobby Seal book, Seize the Time, um, and discussing how the Black Panthers use dialectical materialism as a basis of building their revolutionary organization. Funny thing is, is it was originally supposed to be one piece, and that's what we were going to discuss. But we cracked open the book and realized that there was so much good stuff yeah, just in the story of the formation of the party that we could not possibly uh, do it justice in one episode. So now we have done two. This Thursday, the third one will air. And um, I hope everybody tunes in for it. Show your friends. Yeah. <laughs> um... Also, I wanted to point out, you can find us on basically any social media channel. We're on YouTube, Facebook, we have, uh, on Facebook, we have the Education and Discussion Group and the Mutual Aid Organizing Group. Uh, we're on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. What am I missing? Twitter? Uh, there's, there's one more. It starts with a, starts with a, with a P. And ends with an Atreon? Yeah. Patreon.com slash for we are many. We have uh, multiple tiers of donation levels ranging from one to ten dollars uh, a month. If you're the average person, if you're not the average person, though, <laughs> Rob, turn the music down a little bit. Let me uh, let me talk to Elon. Oh, yeah, Elon, buddy, listen. If you scroll down to the bottom of our Patreon page, you will see a special tier just for you. It's amazing. It's it's the best. President, former President Trump, put it as it's the greatest. It's um, it's tremendous. It's the largest tier of all time. All we need is for you to pay for it. The videos, the the eight track cassette tapes, the vinyl records some of the pictures and most of the stalking will stop. All you got to do is type in www.patreon.com backslash for we are many podcast or for we are many. I apologize. It's right there. It's right there on the screen. Yeah. Also there's our website uh, for we are many.org. I feel like we always forget to throw with that one. Oh, fuck, yeah. Yeah, we do. We are an organization. A secret cabal of evil leftists, if you will. <laughs> A deep state.
Alright, so I guess uh, first we'll have a little bit of a talk about what's, uh, you know, going on here in the U.S. Uh, Texas. Fucking Texas. It's always Fucking Texas. Texas. I tell you what, I won't be getting my USAA account back. Why? Well, look at the look at the list of companies that uh, put money towards that voter suppression bill. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Well, if you want to talk about that list of companies, the link that I had was from the New York Times, and I'm not subscribing. <laughs> okay, let me uh, let me open Slack real quick so I can go to that that Twitter feed and, and see. Okay. Oh. Okay, so in front of me right now, I have a list of companies that have donated money and how much money they've donated to Texas to be able to, um, Pass this voter suppression legislation. Uh, among them are AT&T, uh, which donated $575,000. USAA, who donated $370,000. Carter News, who donated $346,000. We Are Farmers, who donated uh, $333,000. State Farm, $217,000. Union Pacific, $201,000, to name a few. Um, needless to say, I support a full boycott of these companies. I will drop a link in the comments to the, uh, the Twitter feed that has all this information. I, as always, suggest that you do your own research into it and make your own choices, but voter suppression goes against the very thing that our country was founded on. It, it, it it's disgusting and the fact that it's being allowed to happen in the United States today is tragic doesn't even cover it so uh, what we're talking about here and actually there, there's a whole bunch that happened pertaining to this but um the Texas Republicans wanted a section of the state or wait, sorry, I'm skipping ahead. Uh, they wanted a you know, Abbott's priority has been this 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 voting rights bill um, is what he's calling it and that's a disgrace, frankly. It's not friendly to voting rights at all. Um, so now he wants to veto a section of the state budget that funds the legislature because all of the Democrats walked out killing his priority elections bill. And he's tweeting, no pay for those who abandon their responsibilities. Stay tuned. So what he's talking about is uh, Article X, I would assume that's Roman numeral 10. I could be wrong, though. Uh, Article 10. No, you, you're assuming right. Uh, Article 10 of the budget not only pays lawmakers and staff, but also funds legislative agencies such as the Legislative Budget Board, 
Under the current budget, the legislative branch is funded through the end of August and the budget Abbott is referring to covers the fiscal year starting September 1st. Um, state lawmakers are paid $600 a month equal to $7,200 per year. And they get a per diem of $221 for every day they're in session, both regular and special sessions. Um, Democratic Representative Donna Howard of Austin tweeted, this would eliminate the branch of government that represents the people and basically create a monarchy. Um, so th this is this is the GOP's response in Texas in true Trump fucking fashion. Um, so the Texas Democrats pulled off a. This is this is how uh, the local ABC station put it. Pulled off a dramatic last-ditch walkout in the state house of reps on Sunday night to block passage of one of the most restrictive voting bills in the U.S., leaving Republicans with no choice but to abandon a, mid a midnight deadline and declare the legislative session essentially over. Um, So Abbott, we already talked about how Abbott uh, had made this a priority. He um, quickly announced that he would order a special session to finish the job. A, a special session to finish the job? Yeah. That uh, that sounds like something that like. <laughs> uh. It sounds like something Jeffrey Epstein would uh, say to a massage therapist as he's trying to slip her a 20. Actually, let's be real. That sounds like something that President Trump would say to literally any... Former President Trump would say to literally any woman for anything as he's trying to slip her a 20. Indeed. Sorry, that kind of... De I hope that didn't derail you. Continue. <laughs> um so <clears throat> this um this bill I, I don't know all the specifics but um it, it's okay so like Georgia and Florida are bad but as I understand it this is even worse um so I, I don't know all of the specifics but under revisions during closed closed door negotiations Republicans added language to the 67-page measure that could have made it easier for a judge to overturn an election. The bill would have also eliminated drive-through voting and 24-hour polling centers, uh, both of which Harris County, the state's largest Democratic stronghold, introduced last year. Perhaps one of the most nefarious things in these voter suppression bills, other than the fact, if anything could be any more nefarious than trying to stop the will of the populace in a democratic country. Um, they make it illegal to give food or water to people that are standing in line to vote. So say you're standing there, say you're standing there and some 60 year old and that that's just a random number 60 year old lady falls out of line because she hasn't eaten yet and she's been in line for hours and blood sugar crashes if you go to help her 
you can go to prison. Imagine that for a second. You're sitting in prison and you've got a guy that murdered five people and he looks over and he's like, what'd you do? Oh man, don't talk to him. He's real hard. He gave an old lady a Snickers bar and lined a vote. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's, it's ridiculous. It's, yeah. These bills are designed for one thing, and it is to limit the will of the populace. Um, and a lot of these, a lot of these laws are, uh, I think, pointed at areas that have already been victims of voter suppression. And I look in urban, majority black areas, how long people have to wait in line to vote, compared to, I mean, I'm just using where you live, Don, as an example because I'm from there too. But I mean, in 2016, when I voted there, which was record high turnout because we legalized weed, right? <laughs> or no, that was 2018. What well, was 2016 big for then? Uh, oh yeah, because it was Trump, right? Yeah, yeah. So there was ridiculously high turnout because Trump. But even still, I we waited what? In 2016, we waited what? Like three, four minutes probably before we got our ballots? Yeah. And then it was just fill out the ballot and you're done. But yeah, I, I mean, compare that to say downtown Atlanta or, um, you know, even in like Detroit or Chicago, um, you know, people are waiting three, four, five, six hours to vote. That's, that's unacceptable. And then every election cycle, they close more and more and more polling locations, making these problems even worse. And then they're trying to pass legislation like this on top of that. You know, I did some research into some of the things that the Republicans have been saying are the reason that they're passing, trying to pass these laws, you know, like uh, dead people voting. Looked into that. I did quite a bit of research into that. Um, the only case that was found of somebody that was actually dead being suspected of voting, so actual voter fraud, was an old lady who signed with her maiden name. Which, the way she used to sign her name on government documents was Mrs. Husband's name. Right. So the way... It, the way it appeared to the state was that her husband, who had died like a few years prior, had voted, but that wasn't the case. That makes sense. And uh, I mean, I know that Arizona State University did a nationwide study after the tw after the 2020 election and found. It, I granted their sample size obviously wasn't every ballot in every place but their sample size was pretty large and diverse and they found only four potential cases of fraud and none of them were actually found to be fraud yeah i know i know those were the one of those was the lady that i was just talking about um Indeed. speaking of arizona what's the latest on cyber ninjas man Man, honestly, I don't know. I've been having a hard time 
finding the motivation to even keep up with what's been happening here. Um, well, if you want some motivation, they the, have... The, dude, bro, the Arizona GOP is still trying to overturn the election. I know. And a random group of civilians who have never audited an election before have access to your voting record, your voter records now. Hey, I they voted have, for socialists. They have... They have your name, your phone number, and your address, Rob, and they promised that they wouldn't go around asking people if they voted for Biden armed. I mean, but I didn't vote for Biden. That doesn't oh, no. mean I voted for Trump, and I would make that perfectly clear to them. They wouldn't but. care. I mean, we're talking about people that are using microscopes to look for bamboo, which literally grows everywhere on the planet. If you really want to find something that's coming from China, look for the, the tears of the, um, I had something for this. I don't know. The tears of sweatshop labor, maybe? I don't know. Well, I mean, if they're looking for shit that's made from China, all that Trump merchandise that they have on their trucks. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Actually, now most of the Trump flags have been replaced with Chinese-American flags. Oh, no, man. I freaked the fuck out today on the way to the uh, cemetery to pay respects to Grandma and Grandpa. There was somebody four miles north of my house. Made from China, all that Trump merchandise. What the fuck is that? Oh, I finally got into the comments on Facebook, <laughs> and I had to mute it real quick. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've been there. Um, no, there was somebody about four miles north of my house that has an upside down American flag with Trump 2020 under it. And like everybody around him had their flags at half mast or just the American flags out. It's fucking Memorial Day, you know. <laughs> And this so I finally just got into the comments and I see Robert asked I've never read this book he was talking about Seize the Time I would love to read it is it available available on PDF at all or audiobook um, actually if you give me just a minute I will get you the link um, I don't know if it's if there's an excuse me I don't know if there's an audiobook or not, I there very well could be. Since it was based on tapes anyway, why don't they just release the tapes? Oh right, because it's not edited. There we go. I have the link and I will drop that in the comments. There we go. <laughs> Okay. Sorry. Say what you were saying, Don. <laughs> I was just saying that some jackass Trump supporter like four miles north of me had his American flag upside down with a Trump 2020 flag under it when everybody around him had the respect enough to, you know, put their flags at half mast, not have out most of their Trump shit. I mean, you know, like, the same people who say that, like, burning a flag at a protest should be punishable by death, are this, because it's against the flag code, 
you know. Are the same ones breaking flag code by having like blue the lines. The thin blue line flag, flag yeah. pisses oh me off so God. much. Like even the black and white one is uh, is breaking flag code, okay? But you put a thin blue line in the middle of it, bro. That's that's no longer recognized as an American flag at that point. Man, this uh, this soundtrack that I found for today is pretty beastly. Bro, yeah. <laughs> I, I hope that I'm not scaring anybody away with our heavy guitar riffs and such. We should have wrote some shit like this back in the day. What do you mean back in the day, bro? I'm still trying to write shit. <laughs> shit. No, um, back to the back back to the news. U.S. gun sales spiked during the pandemic, and they're continuing to spike. Uh, in the last year, first-time buyers make up more than one-fifth of Americans who purchase guns. Um, about one in five was either black, or about one in five was black, and about one in five was Hispanic. So, so one in five was black, one in five was Hispanic, and we don't have any other idea on the other five guys. Not really, no. But I mean, one in five with the with that overlap between the other um, was also a first time gun buyer. <clears throat> and um, well, I think it's good that 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 larger numbers of minorities and women was another one out of five actually. So one out of five was a woman. One out of five was black, and one out of five was Hispanic. Um, I think that that's really good news, actually. Uh, maybe the right wing aren't the only ones armed. Um, I've always kind of wondered why... Okay, so one week in April, uh, this year, 2021, one week, a record number of 1.2 million background checks. Um, six and a half percent of U.S. adults, or 17 million people, have purchased guns in the past year, up from 5.3% in 2019. Uh, almost one-fifth who bought guns were first-time buyers, of whom half were women, a fifth were black, and a fifth were Hispanic. I'm sorry, I uh, misquoted earlier. Challenging the stereotype of white male gun owners building personal arsenals. Um, gun, over, gun owners overall, though, um, are still 63% male, 73% white. So there, there's a long way to go there, but this year, women, um, women, black, and Hispanic people were out purchasing white males <laughs> in terms of gun sales. So this is, this is sm small victories, right? I really feel like we should get away from that vernacular and spread it out evenly. I think that would get rid of some of the white nationalism. Instead of having just Caucasian slash white, have it broke down into, like, Swedish, French. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get that. Or, I mean, honestly, um, I don't see why the governor, or the governor, I don't see why the government needs to know what race you are anyway technically technically they don't and you never have to answer them on 
any piece of paperwork that asks what your race and nationality are. Same for employers, by the way. If you're concerned that you might not get a job because you don't look like me or Don, don't answer that question. You don't have to. Just like uh, felonies, they're not allowed to ask you about felonies. Over seven years ago. Well, it depends on the state, ultimately. But in most states, it's um, if it's over seven years ago, they're not allowed to ask about it. Yeah. Here in Arizona, which is a right to work state, so that kind of, you know, has its own um, difficulties, I guess. But here in Arizona, I know that they are allowed to ask about felonies that happened less than seven years ago. Which is funny because given the uh, job market right now, I don't think uh, that they're really in a position to be trying to not hire felons. Dude. Um, But they compared it to the run on toilet paper at the beginning of the pandemic, and that kind of pisses me off. But that being said, it's worth noting that it's from The Guardian, which is from the UK, which has very strict gun control. So, you know, they just want to make us sound like a bunch of gun nuts. Americans are in an arm race with themselves. To be fair, like... Switzerland, the entire country is armed, and they have way less gun violence than we do. They don't have gun violence. That is true, but that's also leaving out the fact that that ammo is very, very strictly regulated. Ammo is very strictly regulated, or at least that's what we've read on Facebook. But other than that, it's the culture around guns in Switzerland compared to the culture around guns in the United States. I agree. I agree. Um, But, I mean, I've read more than Facebook articles about it, but I guess I've never read anything, like, official either. So, I, I mean, that being said, when I say they're very strictly... Uh, regulated, I mean, like, we're talking about, you know, like, the government knows how many rounds you buy, and they know every time that you use it how many rounds you use. You have to keep track of that, supposedly. So, I I mean, it's not like, as far as I understand it, it's not like they're going house to house and, you know, physically counting your rounds. Yeah, as far as I understand it, they're not either. And, like, they, they have... So they're right in between Germany and France, and something the Germans do a lot is called Volksfest. It's uh, it's kind of like a community get-together where everybody drinks and has a good time. The Swiss do something like that, too, but they also, they also like, do target practice. It's a very American-seeming thing, but, like... Well, no, here we just like to carry guns to stores. We don't learn how to use yeah. them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, like, listening to just that back and forth right there, I can just imagine that people that aren't used to us are probably like, are they pro-gun or anti-gun? I don't know. I'm so pro-Second Amendment (laughs) that I wish I could own a tank. I mean, you know, in Soviet (laughs) Russia, there was a woman that purchased a tank from, from the government for the sole purpose of hunting Nazis. That's beautiful. And all yeah. I've really got to say is, um, according to uh, Supreme Court case law, the reason we're not allowed to own um, 
eight gauge shotguns is because the army doesn't use eight gauge shotguns to fight wars. So American civilians can't have anything that the army doesn't use. So that means I can own an Abrams, right? Oh God. Can you imagine how much that would cost? Oh, I don't even want to think about it. Plus like the fuel cost for two jet engines on the back. Um, so I also want to talk about the, the, while we're on the gun sales, right? Like there has been not just here, but globally, I mean, we've talked about some of it, um, in terms of like, you know, some South American countries and Poland specifically, we talked about and Germany specifically, we talked about a resurgence of far right politics and what we're seeing with that, uh, Italy too, Italy too now. And that's more crazy. Well, okay, yeah. no, it's not more crazy than Germany, honestly. No, it's really but not. They're and both crazy. The dude quoted Mussolini. Ugh. You remember when the Italian communists, like, literally draw, drew and quartered Mussolini in the streets? I do. I do. I mean, I, I wasn't there, but I've, I'm a very astute study of history. I mean, I think that's probably one of the most, like, crucial moments in Italian history, really. Uh, well, okay, in modern Italian history is how I should word that, because Rome is in Italy. Um, but no, anyway, there has been a, a, a surge in far-right hate violence is, is in all of these places that directly correlates with, you know, the rise of Trump and the rise of Bolsonaro. And I, I couldn't tell you the specific people uh, uh, who are rising on the far right in Germany or France or, or uh, Italy, but, or Poland for that matter. But what I do know is that far right crimes are on the rise pretty much everywhere. The last time that the right was the far right was this active was right before World War II. Yeah, which I mean, it's it's worth noting that the rise in fascist politics uh, in the 30s, I think, okay, so like World War One happened and the, the global socialist movement generally was against the war because they were like, why are we gonna fight for the crown or why are we gonna fight for this this bourgeois democracy, but uh, the, these imperial states, if you will. So World War II comes around and the entire socialist community was like, holy fuck, fascism is burning like a wildfire. We need to shut this shit down. And it's crazy to me. I mean, I know that, you know, they, they've been saying for generations that if you don't know history, it's gonna repeat itself. And I think that we're seeing that on a global scale. It's not just America. We're seeing that on a global scale. People, far right people in Germany claiming that, uh, you know, they're being lied to in their schools about their history and that the Holocaust didn't happen. People in Germany claiming that the Holocaust didn't happen. Things like this are not okay. And, um, with the dialectic nature of 
uh, struggles like this. I think that this push in far-right violence and far-right politics probably is going to see uh, a surge in anti-fascist action and left-wing politics. I hope so. But these dialectical shifts take years, and that's what concerns me. Listen, all we can do is say this. If any of you Antifa sluts are listening, go out there and punch a fucking Nazi. Well, for, I mean, if any of our Antifa slut comrades are <laughs> trans or non-binary, then, or people of color even, then their oh, lives no, no. literally depend on it. Yeah, see, I I didn't specify a gender or race there. I just I said Antifa sluts, go punch commies. Or not Nazis, sorry. <laughs> Don't punch commies. Oh, man. Punch the Nazis. Electric tank. Electric oh tank. Listen, if he's making electric everything else, could you imagine the, <laughs> Tesla, the <laughs> Tesla M1A1 main battle tank? Oh, man. If, if Ford produces it, then we'll just call it the the abrams lightning yeah right right? or the abrams raptor well that would still be gas though wouldn't it oh yeah yeah uh so i haven't uh i wanted to talk a little bit about gas prices um today but i didn't uh i don't even know what the national average for gas is right now not that it matters to me i live in the valley uh, here in Phoenix, it's always more expensive than damn near anybody else but California is paying, so... It didn't really change much for me, but, you know, there was, what, a uh, hacking attack and then a, and then a, a system failure in the same pipeline in a week on the East Coast. Yeah, but and, that didn't uh, mean that we have a gas shortage, that just meant that there was an interruption in the supply. Right. I know, but that interruption in the supply means that gas stations get their gas later and people hear about a disruption to the supply and they panic by, so then a shit ton of gas stations run out. That's, 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 uh... And that's why I wanted to talk about it. I don't think that it was anybody that's watching this uh, or listening to this stream or podcast but I do think that a significant portion of our population likes to uh, panic buy. I mean, look at, we just talked about the toilet paper at the beginning of the pandemic and fucking anything related to cleaning or disinfecting. Um, and, and it's water. Just, and water. And it's just astonishing. Um, and then, you know, like we hear about a potential disruption in the supply line for gas, so everybody in fucking the Carolinas and Georgia and Florida all goes to the gas station the same day. Like, what? Putting putting fucking gas in plastic totes? Or really? That hack, by the way, was leaked to some some Russian gangsters. And about the worst thing that happened there is Russian gangsters learned they can hold our shit hostage, and we will pay out the ass for it. You'd think, first and foremost, whose bright idea was it to hook hook a pipeline up to the internet? Yeah, yeah, I mean, how how is that necessary? 
and and if they have to hook it up to a network, why did they hook it up to a public network able to be hacked? Why didn't they hook it up to like the East Coast's Sippernet, which is more secure at least than a public fucking network? So I was actually looking for, I thought we were going to be going into international news. So I was looking up news from Myanmar and Michael Flynn, you know, like the former Trump advisor, Michael Flynn. Yeah. Said that a coup like Myanmar should happen in the United States. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. No, dude, I'm not making this up. In fact, I'm not talking I'm... to you. I'm not talking to you, Mike. Mike Flynn, if you're listening, dude, shut up. I just, shut I just up. put that in the comments so that way everybody that is listening to this stream knows. Holy shit, this <laughs> this really happened. It really fucking happened. Jesus Christ. Uh Yeah, dude, I don't even know what to say about that. That military government has killed hundreds since taking power, and they very, very clearly do not have the support of the mass line. Myanmar was just, just starting to recover from the culture shock of getting Facebook, which, believe it or not, is a huge culture shock, because um, originally when Facebook became public in Myanmar. They didn't have it in the right language. They had about two people. No, sorry, four people that could translate. It it, it was bad. And there was a lot of false information on it. And that was a problem that they were having before the coronavirus pandemic. Now they have about, I want to say, it was somewhere around 60 people that speak the language and can look into, like, hate speech and shit like that um speaking of Myanmar though um they're using artillery and helicopters against the rebels now um residents of Kaya state bordering Thailand said the military was firing artillery from positions inside the state capital into Damoso about nine miles away where a People's Defense Force said it attacked troops and was coming under heavy fire. I mean, they're still fighting a war on, like, 75 fronts, though. Um, The spokesman for the ruling military council did not answer calls seeking comment. Of course not. Fighting in Kaya State has displaced about 37,000 people in Southeast Myanmar in recent weeks. Many have fled into the jungles and are in need of food and medicine. I mean, if you push a population to that point where they have fled into the jungles, they're about to start making tunnels. I'm just saying. You remember how we talked about history repeats itself? Yup. Did did they never read about Vietnam? I mean, they experienced Vietnam, Rob. Well, 
I mean... What blows my mind is the fact that Myanmar is a predominantly Buddhist country. And in fact, is the only Buddhist country that I can think of where you find a Buddhist extremist. Well, I mean, how far do you have to push a society of primarily Buddhists? Like, how bad do you have to fuck up to get them to take up arms against you? Um... Surprisingly, not so much. Mm. Throughout history, Buddhists have been just as violent as most other humans. Humans are, have a tendency, have a panache for violence. That's true. That's true. Um, the, the point is, is that it's still a very ugly situation there. Uh, there is still American journalist Danny Fenster is still being held. Um, he's a Metro Detroit native, uh, a journalist detained in Myanmar. Um, I'll actually put a link about him as well. We uh, this article is from today. Um, but the, the parents, his parents are pleading with the military for his release. Um, he's been detained for over a week now. We, we originally talked about it last Monday, but we didn't talk about it in depth because we didn't have a whole lot of information. Um, but he was detained at the airport. Um, his mother said... Day eight feels like day 388. Believe that. I believe that too. Fully. I remember um, when we were overthrowing Gaddafi, a friend of mine, uh, Matthew Van Dyke, was being held as a prisoner of war by Muammar Gaddafi, and every day felt crazy. It's hard to even process. Um, his dad said, well, basically they're, they're making a locally made t-shirt to get the word out, which I mean, the logo is in, uh, right at the beginning of the, the thumbnail, you know, for the, the, the accompanying video. Yeah. Um, but he said, this is what we can do on this end. We can't go there and we can't just go get him. Well, I mean, I mean, if you have the kind of money that people like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos have, you could. Uh, I mean, our current sitting president totally has the authority to send in, like... Special ops? Delta Force, some Tier 1 operators to go in and pull a snatch and grab. As much as I hate the 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 thought of getting involved in another country's foreign affairs when we're already tied up everywhere. See, that's yeah. not what I'm saying, though. Right. I'm not saying get involved. I'm saying get our dude out and then let right. him do their... Right. That's what I was going to say is, like, a simple extraction. Well, I mean, I say simple. It would still be a, a very delicate situation, but that's what special forces are for. Yeah. Go in, yeah, get in, and get out. Get him home safe. That's what they're trained for. That's what they're designed to do. 
not Green Berets. Green Berets have a whole separate mission from the rest of Special Forces that they're trained and designed to do. But by and large, Tier 1 operators are experts at going in, getting a high-value target, and getting the fuck out. Um, and that's the kind of shit we used to do before Woodrow Wilson and Wilsonian politics. That type of politics is actually called rationalism. So I finally dropped that link in the comments that I said I was going to do like five minutes ago. I see um, it now. Natalie said, actually, I, I missed a, a bunch. Yeah, you did. Robert said, bamboo and tunnels. Mm -hmm. I was also talking about bamboo. Well, I didn't say bamboo, but I was also talking about tunnels. Natalie said it's getting to that boiling point with the alt-right and patriots and an increase in gun sales. Should be the left that are outraged in general strike or something, but no. I'm totally down with the general strike, but how? I'm not sure that all of those gun sales are the alt-right, though. I mean, that's kind of what I was getting at, too, especially if half are women and, you know, one-fifth are black and one-fifth are Hispanic. I mean... There's a significant chance that, you know, a good number of those people are not <laughs> alt-right. Uh, but yeah, um, let's see, India. We've uh, been keeping an eye on India. The farmers' protests have kind of um, have gone up and down. Obviously, the protests were less of a forefront thing when COVID was basically setting their country on fire a few weeks back. Um... The Times of India is saying, put the brakes on the farm protests. They pose risks to public health. The government could end those protests right fucking now if they overturn those, those those two farm bills. Well, I mean, there's more problems in India than just those two farm bills. There's well, also... Right, right. But, I mean, that's, that's what they... That's what the they protesters said it would take to get them to stop. Yeah. Yeah, and I get that. Although, personally, I, I think that, you know, they should get rid of the, uh, what was it called? They passed a law saying that you had to prove that you were a natural-born Indian citizen. Um, and if you couldn't prove it, then as long as you were Hindu or Christian or Buddhist, you were automatically enrolled into India's citizenship. But if you're Muslim and can't prove you were born in uh, in India, get the fuck out. So a uh, U.S. filmmaker is making a documentary on the farmers' protests. I hope it's a uh, I hope it's a fair thing, honestly. Um. So India. The government of India appealed to farmers to call off the mass protest. 
But that was that was before the mass protests on the 26th, and I don't see anything. Hold on. Okay, so there is uh, a story from the New Indian Express. Um, this music is pretty sick. Am I still sharing it? I am. Okay, just had to make sure. My mic was muted. I said yes. Um... It was a quiet Black Day protest by the farmers. May 26th was six months down the road from the heady highway protests at the entry points to Delhi. Uh, small groups gathered with black turbans and flags to remind the government that the repeal of the farm laws remained unresolved. Uh, time and the pandemic have taken a toll on the numbers, but the spirit has not waned. Hmm. So, I mean, it sounds to me like they're still there for the long haul. And they did... <laughs> it wasn't a violent protest. It sounds like basically everybody just chilled and didn't go to work. We call that a general strike. I can't believe that they haven't busted through the entry points at Delhi. Uh, you know, the, the highway, like, is there a wall around Delhi? I I don't understand. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Not very familiar with that area of the world. Yeah, me either. And I don't want to say anything that I don't actually know, you know, so. Um, let's see if France has any protesting going on. Well, you're looking that up in Israeli news. Benjamin Netanyahu might be out within the next week. After 12 years of being the leader I'm definitely of... not going to hold my breath on that, but I hope I hope that it actually happens. The um the opposition is just creating their own fucking government at this point. Yeah, but which one's the United States going to recognize? See, that's a good question. That's a good question. And that's my biggest concern. Because, I mean, Biden has been pretty adamant. Does Biden even know where he's at right now? I mean, I'm not convinced that he does. I don't actually, I saw his speech today. He seemed pretty lucid. And as much as I wanted to pull some things apart about what he said, I couldn't find anything that I couldn't justify him saying. So, um... Shockingly, the last uh, protest news that I am seeing um, was May Day. Hmm. You know, which is like an international holiday, but yeah. not here. Yeah, even though it's based off something that happened here. Mm-hmm. Ah. It blows Fuck. my fucking mind every time. Um... May 19th, there was, a, there was a police protest. They, 
the the French police want more protection. And if they're calling for more protection, doesn't that just show that the gilets jaunes or the yellow vests are more effective? <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, you know, the yellow vests were fighting with the police on May Day, and then two weeks later, they're like, hey, our work is really dangerous. You want to hear something crazy? We're talking about far right, the rise of the far right throughout the world. The people that are opposing Netanyahu and backing a, like, inclusive government that allows for leftists and centrists and even the possibility of an Arabic Islamic party within the Israeli government is the far right in Israel. The funny thing is, is that Israel is... They're, they're definitely a reactionary state, but if you look at their um, quality of life, I mean, they have to have strong social programs. Either that or they're just doing something better than we are. I don't know. No, they have strong social programs for sure. The, the problem there being that it, it's only for, you know, Israelis. certain people. Right. I wouldn't so much mind it being for Israelis within Israel if, you know, that included all Israelis within Israel, within just Israel. Not like, you know, roads that only Israelis are allowed to travel through Palestine. That's not your country. Stay the fuck out. The Natalie um, commented, I get the, I, I get how the part Rob's, huh? The how part? I don't know. <laughs> that so many are back working to low paid jobs with no PTO or whatever stress of the day. Makes it hard to arrange even a three-day strike, and some jobs have no protection when it comes to strikes. And seems kind of like the oligarchs who might control, or who control just might know this and want to keep things that way by keeping people distracted and barely thriving. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty spot um, on. That's why we were very fervent in our support of the Protecting the Right to Organize Act. Um... That would, at the federal level, make it illegal for an employer to fire you for organizing your workplace. Um, on a state level, and every state that has them, we need, need to overturn right-to-work laws. We need to get social media out of politics. Because all of the uh, misinformation being spread about these laws is being spread primarily through social media. And that's well, dangerous. That's super dangerous, man. Like I had to explain yeah, to my if, mom. If, if we get rid of, if we get rid of politics on social media, what are we gonna do? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's just we gotta figure out something because, like, it's so easy to just make baseless claims on social media as long as you put in a couple of official sounding things. I think I you're say, right, but I think that the biggest thing that we need to do is teach American citizens how to think critically. Yeah, yeah, but how are we going to organize either of those things? I don't know. 
Oh, we gotta try, damn it. <sighs> oh, we've got so much. <laughs> so many problems. Yeah. Uh, what other country have we been following? Any? Um... It's hard to get news out of China. It's hard to get news out of North Korea. Uh, Israel, yeah. the newest thing that's going on was that uh, Netanyahu thing that I just talked about. The potential of him finally being out of power after 12 years. I can't believe it's only been 12 because it feels like so much longer than that. Yeah, it does. <sighs> what about climate change, Rob? How's the climate change news looking? Grim? Grim as always? Yeah, um... Hold on. The New York Times claim... Well, actually, they're, they reported on a study that claims that more than a third of heat deaths are tied to climate change. I believe that. Um, me too. I know that part of the reason that we have an increase in diseases crossing the species line, which I forget what the scientific term for that is, but diseases crossing from one species to another is due to deforestation and encroachment of humans on habitats. Um, yeah. Um, last Monday we talked about Jane Goodall. Um, basically saying that our disrespect of nature caused the pandemic. Yeah, She didn't go into specifics like that, but... I would like to. I would really like to with one specific thing. Um, Lyme disease, primarily carried by the white-footed mouse. Um, so something we did, something we did as a as a nation was get rid of things like coyotes and other predators of the white-footed mouse, which led to only the white-footed mouse living in certain places, which led to an increase in the spread of Lyme disease. I honestly don't know anything about mice pertaining to Lyme disease. I just know that specific species of ticks carry it a lot. They get it from uh, a specific species of mouse that hmm. carries it. Interesting. Yep. That's how it passes from... <clears throat> the ticks are the catalysts that pass it from the mice to other species. Right, much like um, the... Uh... The fleas on the rats were the carrier, the catalyst for the bubonic plague. Yep. So if we had things like, you know, wildcats, bobcats, coyotes, not apex predators necessarily, but predators for those types of rodents and whatnot. If we had a better balanced ecosystem, we would have less of these diseases. And that's why I think that whatever follows the shit show that we have now for a system of responsible living, I guess, um, like, it has to be informed by 
like the natives way of life for example i mean the their entire way of life is very much focused on balance with nature You know, sometimes when I th when we sit and talk about these things, it, it makes me feel like, I don't know, it makes it feel insurmountable. You ever get that feeling? Yeah. I mean, to be fair, though, like, we're not the first, uh, we're not the first people in history to feel that way. That's but. true. That's the true. ones who the ones who didn't give up are the ones that ultimately succeeded. Um, but yeah, no, I I totally agree. And and part of it, Rev Up Radio talks about uh, fairly often how like capitalism is so ingrained in our day to day life that it's hard to imagine something other than capitalism. It really or, is. I mean, even our the same applies with our system of government. Uh, you know, pretty much most of the world at this point has a parliamentarian democracy set up. Um, and I mean, it, it, in some ways, it's hard to think past that. But I really don't think that our uh, representative democracy is all that revolutionary, even for the time that it was invented. The Man, we've had this conversation before, though. The Declaration of Independence was revolutionary as hell. The uh, Articles of Confederation were a Which fairly I feel like decent we, step <clears throat> in, in the right direction. But I feel like we need to. I feel like we need to specify this for people that might not know what the Articles of Confederation are. They are not the articles that the Confederacy seceded from the Union with. Right. They are the, the original. Governing articles. documents, yeah, um, and they were they were loosely based off of the Iroquois Confederacy. Yeah, go figure that the more of the two, the more revolutionary um, form of government was directly stolen from indigenous people, just like the land we're on. Um, wealth inequality is supposed to be the next section, but I don't really have anything about it. There haven't, hasn't been much, um, hasn't been like any new studies that I've seen or, um, anything like that. So I don't think it's really worth diving into today. Oh, um, I don't know where this fits because it doesn't fit under major political happenings, but it's something that happened in the United States, and it happened primarily to poor people in the United States. Go for it. Okay, so in Florida, um, there has been a... <laughs> there has been a recall issued on 130,000 pounds of uh, chicken products due to listeria contamination. Um, wow. The chick, the chicken products went out to food banks in Florida. Food banks. Food banks in Florida. Well, that doesn't sound like intentionally poisoning the poor, right? 
right? What happened was, according to the article, um, the chicken was pre-cooked chicken that was exposed to listeria and then repackaged without being recooked. Wow. Yeah. Let me guess, Tyson Foods? Um, stand by. I believe so. If not, it was probably Cock Foods, which is not a pun. That's like legitimately the name of the chicken supplier. Um, Tyson's uh, farm runoffs along the Mississippi are causing algae blooms in the Gulf of Mexico. So fuck Tyson Foods anyway. That's true. Um, another part of that is also the fact that we built farm, that we created farmland in a fucking what used to be a wetland. Miles and upon miles of wetland that is there to, you know, filter water before it gets to the ocean. Yeah, because we wanted to expand. Um. The foods were distributed by Big Daddy Foods Incorporated, a Houston, Texas firm. Big Daddy Foods, is that Big, real? Big Daddy Foods Inc, man. I couldn't make this up if I wanted to. Uh. Yeah, and it um it was distributed to local distributed to customers at local food banks in Florida through the USDA Farms Farmers to Families Food Box program. Yep. I'm not going to sit here and say some big conspiracy to poison the poor. It just It I mean, seems very suspicious. I, Listeria is very easy to not yeah. pass on to food. Like that is, and, and it's also not. It's not a pleasant illness to no. go through. No, it's not. It's very, very easily mitigated. The risks of listeria contamination are very easily mitigated, and it is not a pleasant thing to go through. That's why we have these things in place, to make sure that we don't have a listeria outbreak, because it sucks. Um, power of a strike. Uh, Montana. Kalispell, Montana. Nurses at Logan Health in the uh, Service Employees International Union gathered Monday evening to prepare for a three-day unfair labor strike starting Tuesday. Uh, nurses put together picket signs with slogans like protect us, respect us, and pay us, and be fair to those who care. The strike will last through Friday morning. Wow. The nurses say they've been bargaining with Logan Health Management for over 19 months, noting that they do not have a first contract yet. 
Wow. So what are they getting paid in the meantime? Like whatever pittance they were offered before they had a union? Ugh. They also claim that they have faced retaliation and discrimination from management. Um, hence the unfair, uh, the unfair labor strike. Logan Health denies violating any fair labor laws. Uh, sounds like uh, bullshit. Um, that's, that's all I got for power of a strike, I think. Um, combating fascism, I guess we, uh, already kind of talked about. Punch a Nazi. One of your comrades' lives could literally depend on it. Got anything else to add in there, Don? All uh, right. Uh, moving on. There's not a whole lot uh, left. I mean, I kind of figured tonight was going to be a shorter stream anyway, with it being a uh, uh, holiday and all. Natalie asked, isn't Listeria what was causing the veterans homes death which was somehow in the water took years to find the cause of contamination if I remember correctly I'm not sure James said use the Googler <laughs> uh, James Don are you still there You are still there. Why do I not hear you? I'm back. Oh. Sorry, I had to. I heard somebody walking around in the house, and it was mom. What I miss? Um, Natalie was asking if Listeria caused the veterans' homes deaths, which was somehow in the water and took years to find the cause of contamination. I want to say that that was a different bacteria, but I honestly don't recall. <laughs> I can't even begin to remember hearing that, so I, I don't know. I'll look into it and get back to you, Natalie. Indeed. Um... LGBTQ news. Emily sent an attachment. One of the latest stories is how much more will it take for Democrats to recognize that bipartisanship is dead? Listen, I mean, they're this trying is to... totally this is totally out of place in this segment, I suppose, but um 
that's a very very good point like the democrats keep trying and trying and trying and trying to work with the republicans and they have no interest in that so why should the democrats because they're trying to be the bigger party the bigger person i i I don't want to call the party a person but i don't know how to put this into terms other than that they're trying to be the bigger person and actually work with the people that they have to work with in congress to get anything fucking passed meanwhile the republicans are firing people for not buying into the lie that the former president keeps saying well, I mean, basically, the way I view it at this point is the GOP is on fire, and the Democrats, all they have to do is nothing. To be the lesser evil right now, all they have to do is nothing. Oh, I know. But, I know. But the, the thing is, though, is that I my big issue is that they shouldn't be trying to work with these fascists. I mean, I understand, like, working with the other side, but this other side narrative is bullshit. I mean, almost nobody that I know is on either of those sides. I mean, it's not working with the other side of the aisle when you're both on the right side of the aisle. It's just like, do we want to be nice, like, neoliberal, nice-sounding people? Or do we want to be straight-up fascists? Like, do we want to be right-wing or very right-wing? right wing and that's ultimately my issue legionnaire's disease natalie you're you are correct that is i thought that it was a different bacteria you're correct there um robert said it's all smoke and mirror theatrics please the voter for votes but exactly um that's that's yeah I mean, the Democrats want to look like a real opposition party, but they're not proposing anything in opposition to what the Democrats are doing, you know? Or the Republicans, rather. Like, look how Trump was handling COVID, right? He said it was all a hoax, and then he said that he put together the vaccine, and he did this, and we're going to be okay because of him, right? And then Joe Biden takes office and wears a mask for the first month or two, and then pretends that it's all gone and pretends like he's a savior because they're rolling out the vaccine. I mean, they're the same fucking guy. Just one's a little bit more angry and one's a little bit more... One's a little less openly racist. Right. Exactly. But I I mean, just look at the handling of COVID and that kind of sets the... The narrative, I mean, he hasn't shut down the cages at the border, which, I mean, we all knew that he was not going to stop deportations, like he said, but he's actually increased deportations. He's increased arms sales to other countries. Uh, he he allowed the wall. Uh, uh, you remember how Trump signed an executive order diverting some funds from one thing or another to the wall? It was the, um, specifically, it was the Department of Defense Buildings Program, um, and that money was supposed to go to, uh, among other things, a new middle school on Fort Knox, um, a 
revamping of barracks because of asbestos in the barracks in, um, I believe it was Fort Lewis, and other things that are going to have to now wait because that money went to building a wall that is eroding and probably going to fall into the Rio Grande in sections of it. Yeah. And they uh, straight up bulldozed parts of uh, Native American land at the border. They didn't just bulldoze. They um, they used like detonation charges. They they blew well, yeah, up. and they they did the same thing in a butterfly sanctuary too, which is funny because if you try to talk to like a Trump supporter about it, they're basically like, "Oh, well, they're butterflies. They can fly over the walls." It's not about the butterflies. It's about the habitat. Um, in terms of the, the native people, like, we're talking about, like, families that have lived on a specific piece of land for hundreds of years being divided by a wall that was never there before. Most of the wall that got built was just um, replacing old sections of the wall that were already there, by the way. Well, I mean, it wasn't really wall and I mean down by yeah, like yeah, San was... Diego and stuff it wasn't really wall I, I, yeah. I mean it was wall but like a lot of like rural Arizona it was kind of just like cattle guard kind of stuff yeah it was like a fence like a wooden fence that might break if you lean on it too hard right but I mean like we put billions of dollars into it to get like what a mile and a half of wall like bro he it... was building himself a monument that's yeah. all it was. Yeah. It wasn't to help anybody out. It wasn't to fucking strengthen the security of our nation. If he was going to strengthen the security of our nation, he would have listened to the Department of Defense when they said, hey, man, a 13-foot-high wall that's solid concrete we can't see through, so we can't see what's going on on the other side. He would have went with something that would have been harder to climb than literally, like, metal poles going straight up with a climbing prevention plate up top that turns into a fucking fireman pole if you can get over it. So, uh, Robert said, I just want a wall for corrupt politicians. Yeah, me too. How about we just build a wall around Washington, D.C.? Trump already did that, man. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Ah, uh, man. The fence says worse things than that, James. Well, actually, the fence probably didn't, but the wall does. They, um... They did a, uh... I forget what the name of the the thing was. Um, people actually are facing trial for absconding with money from this uh, charity drive to help fund the wall, um, where you could buy. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Part of that wall went up in Texas. There are actual, like, personalized bricks, and some of them say some of the most disgusting shit I've ever read. And I think it's fitting that that section of wall will stand for maybe a couple of months and then erode at a fucking horrible rate and fall into the Rio Grande. 
Well, yeah, aren't they basically just fucking building the... Like, isn't the base... Isn't the base structure basically just sitting on the ground? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I forget what the name of the sand and gravel company is, but they're from Phoenix. <laughs> of course they are. And they've been sued for this type of, like, horrible building practices and, um health violations of their workers and shit like that multiple times. Oh my god. How long have we been live? I have no idea. James, how long have we been live today? Waiting to see what the uh I don't remember what the the wait time on the the delay is here. Well, it's been over an hour. Um I was gonna say basically uh I don't really have anything else to go over. Me either. But, I mean, I don't know. At first, I kind of thought about just, like, canceling it today, and then I was like, no, I made an, uh, I made an event. Yeah, you made an event. I sent out a bunch of invites, like... So, you know, we just did it a little later. But, uh... Yeah, see, that's what I was thinking is around two hours. But the, the point is, is I wanted to not have a four-hour stream tonight anyway. Um, so, like... I don't know. Do you have anything you want to discuss, Don? Um, I just want to reiterate, uh, as of today... 7,032 KIA between Iraq and Afghanistan. Also, as of today, <clears throat> since 2001, over the, the official website says over 114,000, but my math, my quick back of the receipt math says somewhere closer to 157,000. Uh, veteran suicides since since 2001. That's all I gotta say. It's too damn many. Yeah, and every day... Every day, it seems like more and more people that I know are added to that list. Well, uh, anyway, I, you're totally right on that, Don. It, it is more people almost every day at this point, it seems like. The most recent one... And the one that has affected me most in the 
past few months has been Anthony Utter, honestly. <laughs> He's definitely one I never expected to be on that list. And, you know, I kind of kicked my myself in the ass for not expecting him to be on that list because it's always the ones you don't expect. It's true. If anybody in the comments section, anybody listening now or in the future um, is hearing this, if you guys got friends or family that were in the military, reach out to them. Make sure they're doing all right. Natalie, yes, we're still doing the book on Thursday night. Yes. Yes. It, I, I definitely agree that it is enlightening and inspiring. Like I said, we thought that we were going to open that book and, you know, get some information out of it and put together one piece about dialectical materialism. And we're just like, holy shit. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. It was just like eye opening. Yeah. Yeah, for real. God, this, these fucking riffs, man. I agree. Um, so yeah, uh, join us on Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, we'll be doing part three of our discussion on the Black Panther Party, uh, where we will be reading the book Seize the Time, the story of the Black Panther Party by Bobby Seale. Got anything else to say, Don, or? Alright. Thank you everyone for joining us. We'll be back on Thursday. See you Thursday, guys. For wearemany.org, patreon.com slash for we are many. Bye-bye! Good night. <laughs>